Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 105 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm chatting with Bonnie Roney, who you may know from Instagram as diet.culture.rebel, and we're talking all about unconditional full permission to eat and the permission paradox. So I'm really excited to share this with you. I think you guys are gonna get a lot out of this episode. Before I dive into it, just wanna let you guys know that I am hosting a free Introduction to Intuitive Eating Masterclass this upcoming Thursday, April 28th. Yes, we're in April. Thursday, April 28th from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can register for the Masterclass by going to the link in my bio on Instagram, which is at the intuitive underscore RD, and you'll get the Zoom link right to your inbox. But definitely go register for that now if you are not already registered. All right, let's go ahead and listen into my conversation with Bonnie. All right, welcome, Bonnie. I'm so excited to have you on for a chat today. Can you just start with an introduction of who you are and what you do? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me here today, Kirsten. I'm super excited to talk to you. Um, For the listeners here, I am Bonnie Roney. I am a registered dietitian. And I do a lot of nutrition coaching, really just helping people heal their relationship with food, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit today, Um, heal from chronic dieting and just be able to eat what they want without all of the constant guilt and the stress and the obsession that comes from really living in a diet culture saturated world. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. Amazing. So yeah, I'm, I always love to ask, especially other dietitians, just like what led you to this work? Oftentimes we have our own stuff, but like what got you to where you are right now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like I answer this differently every time (laughs) I'm asked because I'm like, how do I kind of condense all of the craziness that brought me to where I am today? Um, but I'll try and do that. So I grew Mm -hmm. up, my parents were very food, like nutrition focused, I guess you could say I grew up vegetarian. And, um, so my parents are actually still vegetarian. They have a whole workout gym in their garage. So they have like a, a bench press, a leg press, a pull-up bar, all the dumbbells. And on one of the walls in the garage, my parents have a picture of them in their, my mom's in a bikini and my dad's in a a speedo from (laughs) their in quotes, glory days when they were younger, probably around my age now, you know, like 30 or so. So, you know, that's the environment that I grew up in. And I did a lot of dance and gymnastics and all of those things. Um, So on top of that, like I was just a little more intrigued by nutrition because it was a big focus with my parents. But then at the same time, there were a lot of unhealthy behaviors around food, not necessarily in my immediate family, but you know, my grandma and my aunt, they both had eating disorders that they really battled with on and off for, I would say the majority of their lives. So I was around that a lot and I just kind of internalized those behaviors. So when I got to the place where I felt 
not, I guess not happy with my body or I felt like it was changing as a teenager. Like I was super young. I was like, well, I have these options. I have what my grandma's doing. I have what my aunt is doing and I can just try and adopt these and control my body size. And then it was really just a downhill spiral from there until things got pretty intense and my parents kind of realized what was happening. They put more controls around me. And then I started to, you know, not really engage in these super unhealthy behaviors around food. So I wasn't doing that, but I wouldn't say that my relationship with food was healed. So it was still very stressful. Um, and then like many dietitians do, (laughs) I decided as a teenager to become a dietitian in college because I had a disordered relationship with food. Um, and I definitely did not realize it at the time, but I was like, if I become a dietitian, I can figure out the perfect equation to control my body perfectly forever. (laughs) And it'll just be great. So I became a dietitian and then I realized, you know, Hey, a lot of my behaviors were still not very great. I needed to eat more and more consistently and all of these things. And then after graduating college, um, I did not hear anything about intuitive eating or health at every size in college. So that was just like, it had never crossed my mind. And then I would say maybe two years into being a dietitian is when I learned about it through social media of all places. And then I finally read the intuitive eating book And I was like, oh my gosh, like, holy moly, all of these light bulbs were going off. And I was like, this is, this explains so much about how I felt and things that I've been through and I can make changes and I don't have to feel this way anymore. So even though I was a dietitian and I wasn't, you know, struggling with some intense behaviors like I had in the past, definitely would not say my relationship with food was peaceful or, um, at the place where it is now or a place where I just feel comfortable with it. So after reading that book, I just started to change so many things personally, professionally, and long story short, that got me to where I am today. That is so wild. I mean, I, yeah, I feel like a lot of times when I talk to, you know, other dietitians, it's, it's a very, there's a lot of parallels, but I feel like your story almost like exactly aligned, just like with when you learned intuitive eating and how you hadn't heard about it at all in college. Like, I feel like there was a big boom with Mm -hmm. intuitive eating health at every size stuff, like probably right around the time we were finishing college and onward. So yeah. So interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I just like always love hearing people's story and like seeing the parallels too. It's really interesting. Yeah. I think so many of us have our own unique stories. Yes. And especially with this work, it's like, I don't want to say you have to have it, you know, right. your history with it to be able to do this work, but I feel like it's very common because you have oh, to yeah. kind of go through it and heal. Um, I, I also yeah. feel like, um, it's so funny, the past boss that I worked for before I did my, uh, before I left to do my own thing, yeah. he said that I had, he called it the give a shit factor that <laughs> I just cared about things. So I would say funny. to do this work, you kind of do have to have that give a shit factor where, and I think that I wouldn't have it if I did not struggle with this myself, or if I hadn't seen family members of mine struggle, because Mm -hmm. I just get it. And I think if you haven't been through it, it doesn't mean that you can't support people, but I think that it's just different and you just care on a different level, right? Like my husband has never struggled with this. So when I talked to him about it before, he was like, didn't get it, but he was supportive, but he didn't understand because he just had never been through it himself. 
Yep. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I like that. The give a shit factor. That's, that's <laughs> perfect. And it, it totally like hits the nail on the head. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's dive into the topic that I wanted to talk with you about today. This is like, you know, something I feel like I, I dance around in like every episode almost. And it's such an important, like key concept of healing your relationship to food, intuitive eating. And that is basically like full unconditional permission to eat. I saw a post of yours. I had to scroll back a little bit <laughs> looking for it again today, but basically about like the permission paradox. So let's just like start there. Can you kind of like give folks an idea of what that even means? Yeah. So with intuitive eating, um, you know, there are 10 principles and I think a lot of people see intuitive eating and they don't think of all of those 10 principles. They just think unconditional permission to eat. Oh my gosh, I get to eat everything like this is kind of terrifying. And so when a lot of people come from dieting for so long, the thought and the idea of no longer having these rules and just being able to eat freely can sound like really, really scary. And I think that with that, people automatically have this thought that if they don't have these diet rules, they're going to eat everything. They're going to be so out of control. But the paradox is that <laughs> that is not necessarily what happens when people become intuitive eaters. And I think this is for a lot of different reasons. And I definitely won't even be able to cover on all of them in this episode. Yes. Um, but when we look at the principles, you know, we're, we're incorporating eating with a eat unconditional permission to eat with attunement. So we're paying attention to how we feel. We're getting in touch with our body cues of hunger and fullness. We are incorporating gentle nutrition when it makes sense, when it's appropriate. We are learning how to cope with our emotions in a way that serves us. So we're doing so many things. So it's not that it's only unconditional permission to eat. It's unconditional permission to eat alongside all of these other things. And one thing that really resonated with me. So I'm a dietitian and a certified intuitive eating counselor. I think you are too. I am. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew definitely dietitian, but I wasn't yeah. sure about the certified intuitive eating counselor. Yes. So you probably heard this too, but I went, when I went through that training, um, Evelyn Triboli, she's the author creator of intuitive eating. She shared, um, an analogy that really made this like paradox hit home for me, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, but she said, you know, when people are white water rafting, if they're about to like, if they're headed toward a boulder, they're supposed to lean into it. And that actually helps them avoid it. So it's like, it makes no sense. Like you would think if you lean into it, you're going to like crash and it's going to be horrible, but it actually works. And that's the thing with unconditional permission to eat. Like we have to look at all of the years. So whoever is listening right now, all of the years you've spent dieting, how has that helped you feel around food? Has it made you like trust yourself with all food or do you feel out of control with food? And it may not be like immediately, right? When people start a diet, usually it feels easy to stick to, but over time it becomes impossible to. So people just kind of fall off the wagon and then, or in quotes, I want to put fall off the wagon in quotes <laughs> and then start to feel more out of control with food. So if that happens, that means the diet was not sustainable in the long term. So we really have to look at your own lived experience and has it ever really worked for you? So for the people that I work with and people who tend to be more interested in learning about intuitive eating, it's usually because they feel at some point out of control with food. So that means it might be time for something radically different because the rules haven't worked for you. And you know, intuitive eating is totally opposite from that. So yeah, it's a paradox, but diet rules 
for the majority of people don't work. And the last thing that I want to say to this, yes, I feel like I just have so many thoughts. <laughs> um, but when we put certain foods off limits, it can just be mentally, like we're mentally telling ourselves we shouldn't have something that makes us think about it more. And we're more likely uh, or we're more apt to maybe turn to that food eventually. And there's been studies done on that, like with kids, studies done with M&Ms where um, people running the study told the kids they could not have any red M&Ms, but they could have all of the yellow M&Ms that they wanted. And what did the kids do? They wanted all of the red M&Ms. And there's also been studies or a study done with kids where they told the kids to not eat any dessert or any fruit or restricted. I can't remember if they said, take it all out or just restrict it. But what happened with the kids? They wanted more fruit and dessert. It wasn't just dessert. They just wanted more of the food that was restricted. So we have this research to show us, even if we're mentally telling ourselves don't have something like we think about it more, we want it more. It's just how it is. That's so funny. And so it's so interesting that study, but like, yeah, it's, it's that scarcity, right? It's like, it's, it doesn't even have to be restricted. It just has to feel like it's restricted. It has to feel like you shouldn't. So that's, that's super interesting. The other thing I think is so hard for people about the full permission thing. And I love that example or that analogy with that whitewater rafting, like you have to lean into it. It sounds like the last thing you would want to do. Cause you know, or you feel like, you know, that if you just allow yourself to eat all of this food, it's going to be crazy and chaotic. And I want to point out to people that like, it makes sense that you think that first of all, because you've been conditioned to not trust your body. But secondly, because the diet cycle has set you up to see that when you quote unquote, fall off the wagon and fall off track, you're going to be chaotic around food, you're going to eat an amount of ice cream that feels absolutely terrible in this chaotic way, because that is a reaction to the deprivation and scarcity. So I feel like people have this like self-fulfilling thing. They're like, Mm. but I know that I'm crazy around ice cream and I I eat an amount that doesn't feel good. But what they're missing is the fact that that's because of the restriction. Yep. It's so, it can be so hard to see that too. And I know they put the visual in the intuitive eating book, but it's like this whole loop that you get stuck in, right? You want to control your body size. Then you go on a diet. You can stick to it for a little bit, but then something happens, a hard emotion, or you're around some other food, right? You eat something else, break the food rules, feel out of control. And then it makes you think, wow, now I need the diet to be back in control, but this is a consequence of the diet. And it's just, it's just so hard to see that. And then how diets make you feel like it's your fault. If you can't stick to it, um, then there's self-blame and then you feel like a failure. And so it's like a self-loathing out of control, horrible cycle. Yep. Yep. And you're right. It's so hard to see and so hard to believe until, until you experience it for yourself. And I think that's why having, I think, support of a certified intuitive eating counselor or program community, like whatever can be so helpful. Cause first of all, you see other people, if you're in a community setting, like other people going through it, they've been through it. And, you know, you hear them expressing, like, I never thought this would work for me. Like I never thought, and here I am. Like, it's just a really powerful thing. Um, I feel like we've already kind of answered this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Maybe we can kind of answer it more directly. And that is like, what are some reasons that we might be drawn towards the foods we label as bad or something we shouldn't have or we're restricting? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I think we did touch on it a little bit, but there can be so many reasons why we, we might be a little bit more drawn 
to these foods. Um, obviously any type of restriction, if it's like a physical restriction or a mental restriction, we are you know, significantly more likely to be drawn to those foods. And also um, a lot of these foods that diet culture labels as bad, they do tend to be a little bit more energy dense, maybe higher in carbs and higher, higher in fats and calories and whatnot. Um, and when people are dieting, for the most part, they're restricting their food um, too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when we have that actually physical restriction on top of, you know, the labeling foods, we're also drawn towards maybe foods that give us more easy energy because we actually just need it. And so what can feel like a lack of discipline and a lack of willpower is actually just your own body's biology, trying to show up for yourself and take care of yourself. And I think a lot of people don't really like to always hear that, but our bodies are so awesome and they do everything they can to help us feel safe. And, you know, if you know, those foods are around your body's like, wow, quick energy. This person has been like starving me on this Optivia or whatever (laughs) diet you want to insert. Like I need this food stat. And then when, so when we have that biology working against us. And we also have, um, ways that we've kind of instilled the diet culture mentality in us, then it can really bring about more all or nothing behaviors, right? So if we're drawn towards said food that we label as bad because we actually need more energy, but then we feel like we're messing up our diet and we should just throw in the towel and we should just start over Monday. Then we start to engage in this kind of last supper eating because you feel like you're doing something wrong. And if you're promising yourself that you won't eat that food in the future, um, then you're going to feel so much urgency around this food. And when we can give ourselves unconditional permission to eat, like you really have to believe that you're going to be able to eat what you want whenever you'd like to, then that urgency starts to go away and you can start to make food choices out of a place of preference and freedom and self-care instead of urgency and rebellion and restriction and deprivation. Yeah. And I think it's such a good point to let people know, like when you're in that diet cycle, you are primed to be drawn towards those quick, high energy things. And there's nothing wrong with those foods, but if you're in the cycle, the salad probably isn't going to ever sound good to you because your body needs the quick energy. But if you are in a place where you're actually consistently meeting your needs, like throughout the day, you're going to actually be opening yourself up to be interested in a a wider range of foods, maybe foods that are lower in energy density, like Mm -hmm. a salad, because you're not like death, your body isn't physically desperate for food. So that's another like paradox. I feel like too, you're trying so hard to like, just want to eat the quote unquote healthy foods, but like, what's going to allow you to be satisfied by that is meeting your needs consistently and like making peace with food. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. I, I couldn't agree with that more. And the, you know, the goal with intuitive eating is not to like not eat veggies or salads or anything like that. I mean, we're dietitians. We love nutrition. I do still love nutrition. Um, but at the end of the day, good nutrition starts with eating enough. So once that's met, then it's a lot easier to enjoy a, you know, a variety of foods or find yourself craving a variety of foods like salads or maybe veggies that are roasted in oil and seasonings that make it taste really delicious. So all of these things. Amazing. I love that. Um, I'm trying to read what I was 
chicken scratching as you were talking, (laughs) restricting food, even if you're also binging. Oh yeah. I guess just like pointing out, because I think a lot of times people hear like, you know, we're talking about like restricting food and that's causing this cycle, but they're like, well, I'm not restricting food. I'm eating way too much. I'm binging. And I just think we need to point out like the consistency piece, right? Like if you're going hours and hours without eating something, cause you're being pulled into meetings and you're blah, blah, blah. And you don't mm-hmm. eat breakfast in the morning because you're not really hungry for it, but you're eating your, or you're drinking your coffee. And then as the day goes on the afternoon, whatever, you get all these snack cravings and then you're binging throughout the night. Like that is because of, even if it's not intentional restriction, it's because of restriction. It's because of deprivation. It's because of not getting enough. And those are the areas we need to focus on. I think that's the other thing too. People get caught up in focusing on the binging episodes, the out of controlness. It makes sense. That's what feels really uncomfortable, but you actually need to focus on what's driving that, which is everything else. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's so easy when you start doing this to create goals around no longer binge eating or feeling out of control, right? It's so easy to hop in and be like, okay, my goal is to binge eat only one time this week or two times or not at all. But that's the outcome of all of these things we have to put in. So if you struggle with binge eating or feeling out of control with food, that goal is not necessarily what needs to be focused on because that will naturally work its way, work itself out when you start to eat consistently and eat enough and, um, you know, manage your emotions or work with a therapist if you want to learn more about doing that, Mm -hmm. but that will naturally work itself out. And I know that can sound counterintuitive too, to be like, but I just want to focus on no longer binge eating, but we really have to look at all the things leading up to it. Like breaking free of that all or nothing mentality, no longer labeling foods, eating consistently. And to your point, when you said, um, you know, what about people who feel like they're really not restricting and they're eating enough for anyone listening here, I would even challenge you to think about like, what is enough? What does that even mean to you? What are you basing that off of? What are you comparing it to? Because I've worked with so many clients who felt like they were eating way too much because they were comparing it to, I don't know, am I allowed to say a calorie number on here? Sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they were comparing it to like 1200 calorie diets, which is super popular amongst like all of these, like yeah. Activia and Weight Watchers programs and Noom and, you know, all of these programs like really do recommend it's somewhere that's super crazy low like that. So right. if you're basing like, oh, wow, I'm eating so much compared to 1200 calories, like anything is going to look like a lot, but that doesn't mean that it's too much. All I want to say to that is if you're listening and that's like resonating, like go look up the Minnesota starvation experiment and like, or, or yeah, there's just look it up, figure it, like get, do some research there. Um, Carolyn Duner's book, the fuck it diet does a great job of Mm -hmm. of laying that out, but it's like horrifying that this is still what we're dealing with. Like these diets kind of creating this norm that is actually just keeping people in semi-starvation. Yeah. And we've literally known it since the 1940s, but it's 2022 and we're (laughs) still just doing it for fun. Right. (laughs) Horrifying. Um, okay, Bonnie, last question. And we'll just give like, just give your like quick thoughts on this for somebody listening. That's like, yeah, this is what I'm struggling with. I'm struggling with like really getting to that, like full unconditional permission. Like what's just like a quick piece of advice or like an action step for that person right now. Mm -hmm. Ideally, of course, working with a dietitian who's trained in intuitive eating is the best, but if that's not an option or feasible for you, 
I would say just knowing that you can take this one step at a time. A lot of people want to jump into intuitive eating and give themselves permission to eat everything right at the get-go because it's fun and they've restricted all these foods for so long. But if that's terrifying for you, you don't have to start there. There's 10 principles of intuitive eating. And I know this whole podcast episode was talking about the permission paradox, but sometimes we get there after working through other principles first. And it's okay if you want to just assess your own relationship with food first and start just making more peace with foods that you feel a little bit more comfortable with before bringing in some of these more terrifying foods, or you don't even have to, you don't even have to get cookies or cake and leave it in your house forever. You can just go to the gas station and get like a Kit Kat, just a single Kit Kat and eat it in your car a couple times a week. Like if that's where yeah. you want to start, because it's too terrifying to keep it in the house. So go at the pace that feels good to you and know that your journey is going to be totally different from anyone else's journey because we're all unique people and we're all individualized and that's okay. And it's also not a race. So you yeah. likely, you know, I, I, in my group coaching programs, I have, I offer three month packages and I always say, you will probably not feel like you've accomplished everything you want to in three months, because it is not enough time when we're dealing with like a lifetime of dieting and a stressful relationship with food. So patience, take the steps that feel good to you and kindness, self-compassion. So good stuff. That's amazing. Thank you, Bonnie. I'm sure people listening are like feeling more relaxed, just hearing that advice from you. (laughs) Um, can you share with the listeners just like where they can find you? How can they follow you and any offerings that you have right now? Yeah. So Instagram is my main spot. You can find me there at diet culture rebel with periods in between each word. I also have a podcast called diet culture rebel podcast. So same (laughs) name across all my platforms. Um, and I do offer group coaching. I'm not sure. Oh, I think you said this is going to air sometime in April. So my next group coaching program will be in July. If anyone is interested in that and that's it. Amazing. Thank you again, Bonnie. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 105. Definitely go check out Bonnie on Instagram at diet.culture.rebel. And just a reminder to definitely go register for the free intro to intuitive eating masterclass this upcoming Thursday. April 28th from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can register for it over in the link in my bio on Instagram, which is at the intuitive underscore RD. I hope to see you on there and I will talk to you guys soon.